for today, for today, you know, we've been in a series called Dear Wormwood, and there's been such great feedback. Honestly, the conversations I've had, uh, people just kind of pressing into the ideas of the spiritual powers and lies and deception and w- the way the Satan works in our moment, I think has been really engaging. It's uh, It's been fun just to, like, fun in, you know, like it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's been fun in the sense of engaging each other. Talking about the, the Satan all the time isn't always fun. You, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's been really great just to hear how people are wrestling through this and how we're wrestling through this as a community. One of the things we want to do each fall is really have a series where we're engaging cultural things. You know, we have the first century church and we have the letters, which is the Bible now for us, the letters written to them. And what we want to do throughout these particular series is just pick them up and, and look and see what, what does this mean for us. We don't live in first century Ephesus or Corinth. We live here in this moment. What does it mean? And um, I think it's been beautiful. But I'm also I'm also not immune to the reality that, um, especially with online church and doing this the way we've been doing it, that I don't want to be the only voice and I don't want this just to be a monologue all the time. I'm very aware of just the platform we're using, and I don't want to wear us out. And so it's really been on my heart. Actually, last weekend, um, as I was preparing for last weekend and last weekend's teaching, I really felt like probably this weekend what we need to do is just hit pause on Dear Wormwood just for a week and just slow down and take a few minutes and include some other voices. So this morning is very relaxed. Um, We're gonna have some friends come in the next couple minutes and just share with us. But I just really feel like this is important you know, I was reading this week in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul is helping the church in Corinth. Uh, it's it's a house church. I actually did some work in seminary on the church in Corinth, where they met, the type of homes they met in, some of the problems they would have faced, just logistically, culturally. And Paul, at the end of the letter, just basically tells them how they're to gather together in these home churches with order. And he says this, he says this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, Each one of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And then he says this, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Everything that's done is done so that the church may be built up. And it's interesting, um, again, I don't think we should necessarily become the first century church. I think we should become the church in our moment and in our time. And so it takes some wrestling, but we know that these churches were smaller. And we also know as they met around the bread and cup and as they gathered together that there was a sense that you were to come to the gathering prepared with a hymn, a song. Uh, Paul often uses the language spiritual song, that you actually came to the gathering with something to give. And, um, you know, I know teaching is so important, obviously. I I love that component. I love that side of our community. I love the things that we intentionally walk through. I'm so just proud of our community and where we've been the last couple years. I just love you guys so much. But I also think we can't lose this idea of everybody coming with something to share. And I know that can be intimidating and don't worry, it's not gonna be like open mic uh, day. I've already have, I'm already in therapy for that for my childhood, okay? Anybody with me? It's not gonna be necessarily open mic. I think there needs to be some order, but I just, anybody else? You're like, oh, I can just sense it through the interweb. Some of you are like, dear Lord, you know? Um, But I just sensed over the week that I just wanted to invite some key people, people in our community. Uh, We have so many great leaders. I'm just so thankful for Mark Rodriguez and Nate Rundle and Heidi Collins and all that they bring to our community leading. And I've just reached out to some other, just couples and a few folk in our church just to say, hey, here we are. 
what's the spirit saying? What are you learning? Um, there's real, I, again, there was real no stipulation over this. It was just like, what are you learning? What are you sensing? What could you share with us in five or six minutes that would work together to build the church up? And so that's what this morning is going to be. It's a little different. We'll jump back in next week. But I, my heart is that we would just uh, just have an open posture towards what God is speaking and saying. Um, so with that, I'm just going to invite, I think you're out there, guys. Uh, Surgeon Nicole Kaniki are just going to come. And we're just going to have, again, over the next few minutes, have a few people share. So why don't you lead us, guys? Take a moment. It's so good to see you. Hi. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hi everyone. Um, thanks Drew for, for giving us this opportunity to be here. It's, it's nice to see everyone and, and tune in. Um, I guess uh, uh, we're going to kind of tag team this, but um, what we really just kind of wanted to bring this morning was um, I'm going to read a verse of scripture real quick that uh, I feel like God has placed in my heart for what surgeon I want to bring for you that will kind of really lead into um, some of the things we, we hope to encourage you with. And I'm reading from James 1, verse 2 to 3, and it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And um, one of the things that were really, it was really on my heart this week was um, Christmas is coming and um, how sad it is kind of planning for it and knowing that we're not going to have the usual gatherings we have. We're a pretty busy family, very active family. We don't have... Um, our own family here in London. Um, all of our family is uh, in South Africa or um, in the States and in Europe, some in Europe as well. So, so we don't actually have family here. So our friends and our basketball community that we're in are, are really the ones that we, and our church community are the ones we are our family. And so that we're not having our Christmas gatherings the way that we do our Christmas meals that we do has been really honestly depressing a little bit, kind of planning for the Christmas holidays. And, um, and I'm sure many of you can kind of feel that with me as well, the sadness of that. And um, also the frustration and the anger a little bit about the situations that we find ourselves in can get a little overwhelming. But one of the things I really feel that God has been speaking to my heart about is just to, you know, to find joy where you are at. Um, God is still in control. And, you know, joy is not something that just happens. It's something that we have to choose and something that we actually actively have to um, decide we're going to, to have in our lives. And to, you know, when we look at the trials and the, you know, the, the hard times, you know, having to wear masks everywhere, the inconvenience of the life that we're living right now, um, it can get very frustrating and, and angering. But to choose joy and to choose love even through that, I think for me has been one of the most important things. Um, and the way that I do that is to remember that God is still God. He's still on the throne. This world might sort of be going to crap at the moment, but mm -hmm. God is still God and Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And no matter what the circumstances may look like, he's brought us through so much already. He's not going to leave us now. So. Yeah. I mean, in conjunction with that and to add to that, it's uh, my reflection has been uh, when Drew asked us to share something uh, I really went back to what God has been speaking to me about lately. And that is that this year, as, as everybody's gone through it, as everybody knows, it's been such a difficult year. Um, it's really a year to forget. But um, also, I am constantly reminded that um, God is in the business of restoration. 
is not going to throw this world away. Although it may feel like uh, with, with the pandemic, with the social injustices happening, uh, the um, just people with, without jobs. And personally, we've had some people in our lives that have lost loved ones. And uh, the question can come up, well, what, what's happening to this world? Is this, you know, it feels like Armageddon in some sense. But uh, what I always come back to, or what I've been coming back to recently rather, is that um, God doesn't want to throw this world away. Uh, that was never his intention. And I think there are great signs of hope if we just look around. Uh, there are signs of, of great things that God wants to do. And, um, it, you know, we see things like, you know, I think there's signs all over the place. And personally as well, what I would want to encourage uh, everyone to think about is to, to think about the, the good things that you have in your lives, the things that are going well, uh, to take it day by day. And um, I understand that not everyone has jobs, not everyone is in an ideal situation. And uh, we're about to enter a season here that's unknown with, uh, with a second wave. You know, is, is there going to be a, a, another shutdown here in London uh, where we know that Toronto is already in a shutdown? So all of that can be depressing. But, um, it, you know, just know that God is not in the business of throwing this world away. Um, he's in the business of, of restoring the world. And that's why Jesus came is, is to, is to, um, to save and to restore the world to him. And, um, and that's really, um, what's been on my heart in, in conjunction with, uh, what Nicole talked about in the verse that she read, uh, what, what verse was that James. again? James, um, one. One, verse two to three. Uh, I'll read it again just to close off. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, uh, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So I just want to leave, leave you with that, and uh, hopefully that's encouraging. Thanks, guys. So good. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, one of the things we have to keep before us is just um, exactly what Serge is saying. Um, the first century church is, you know, facing all sorts of persecution, all sorts of things in their moment. Um, I, I, I think as we fast forward to here, holding on to this hope that this is not all we see, one, um, and two, God in a unique way, I think, 2020 has been hard, but I think in a unique way is can use this season in all that he's doing to um, renew all things. And again, we hold very dearly here. Serge reaffirms, we don't believe that heaven is some far off place that we're going to go forever, but that actually the, the telos of the story is heaven is coming to earth. And that was actually... Uh, that was rooted in the hope of early Christians and it should evermore be our, our hope. I think of our brothers and sisters around the world in persecution and uh, facing some of these deep trials as well. I mean, we have our own stuff in our moment. Um, this is the hope, the eternal hope is Jesus, obviously. But as we've been saying, you can't disconnect that from uh, the kingdom that he's bringing. So, so hopeful. Thank you guys. I'm going to throw over to Kevin and Kathy. Kev, uh, you're out there somewhere, I know. And uh, just take a minute in this time and share with us and really appreciate all these guys. Are you out there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you are. Oh, there you are. You know, my 2013 MacBook Air is still rocking, guys. And it's like doing church online. I'm really happy. It's still... 
Heather's like, you need to get a new computer. I'm like, no way, not until it dies partway through one of our gatherings. And now you know, if, well, I disappeared during one of our gatherings. It's not me, it's the computer. You guys doing good? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I was, I was excited when you asked us to, to kind of speak last week. And, you know, a few things that, you know, kind of been on my heart this year. Um, you know, as much as 2020 has kind of been a pretty down year with COVID and things, you know, I found that there's a lot of things that I've um, been reflecting on and, and, and found new importance in. Um, I will do a little shout out too. I, I've been thankful this whole year we've had, uh, we've still been meeting as a small group on Monday nights um, with, uh, with a few other people in our church here. And it's just been a, it's been, it's been good to have that community. Um, not just having like a, a Sunday, Sunday morning, but a little bit more of a chance to digest and, 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 and connect with, with each other. But um, I think this year, even before COVID um, with our small group, we were, we were doing, we were going through some stuff with John Mark Homer about um, what's slowing down and uh, just taking this time this year to really take and, and reflect and, and almost like a meditation of, of, you know, where you're at. Um, and I thought the big important thing for me this year was prayer. Um, and I, I found that I don't always use the big emphasis on prayer, um, but I found that this year was, it was very, very important. Um, mainly because I, I find sometimes with our, a lot of our prayer that we, we bring to God, um, we almost afraid to ask for things or afraid to, to bring certain things to God because, you know, we, I don't you know, for whatever reason. Um, but I found, you know, this year, you know, uh, Kathy and I, we started a prayer journal um, where, you know, for, for different requests and things to, to write them down and not just, you know, you know, be very specific and about what we're praying for um, as well as be repetitive about it. You know, don't, don't, I mean, I'm trying to use it as a checklist, but, um, but be repetitive, declare things that, that you want from God or, you know, what you, what you're looking for, especially with this year, you know, it's been a very, very tough year. Um, but then also that though is coming to a frame of mind and understanding that when you ask God for something, you may not like the result of it, but to be accepted, accepting of it. Um, you know, I know there's a lot to do with, and we won't go into the prosperity gospel, but um, the idea of there's nothing wrong with asking God for something. Um, but yeah, just, just being open and, and, and allowing him to work through you and uh, yeah, just being accepting of what the result is. Um, but that was kind of my big thing for this year, just to really, really take this time to pray and get in the right frame of mind. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's just a good relationship with God that way. Awesome. Um, I think for me, something that has been coming up more and more is um, hope. And uh, I know Serge talked about it a little bit. Um, I was a pessimist before, but I think that 2020 has made a pessimist of most of us. And um, I think we can find humor in the despair sometimes. And there's so many like hilarious memes about how 2020 keeps like outdoing itself. <laughs> um, but for me, it's so easy to become hopeless. Like I go from zero to a hundred. Um, and I, I mean, I, for those who don't know me, I work in events and like right now events are non-existent and we don't know when they will come back. And I find myself feeling so restless at home. Um, I don't know what to do with myself. You can ask Kevin. Um, and then the Bible says that we have a hope um, that's an anchor for our soul that is firm and secure. And um, I don't know, I keep going back to the imagery of the anchor when I feel really aimless. Um, so a book I read recently talks about how 
it is, if you're impatient, that's living without hope. And then I was to a podcast as well recently that talks about how hope is about um, the future, but it's for the present. Like we need it. We need to feel hope now. And I'm an impatient person and I feel like I want 2020 to end and whatever this is, I want it to be gone. Um, I want to gather again. Um, but I feel like hope is not escapist behavior, uh, but it keeps you rooted in the present reality, but it's still a way to kind of reorient ourselves to God. Um, I don't know. That's what I've been thinking about and kind of like reminding myself to not get, you know, hopeless. So good. Hope is not uh, escapist behavior. That is just so important you know so again sometimes i think with um christians um you know you see uh, it on the bumper stickers or you see it in, you know the crochet things on the walls that have the verses or the slogans you know like christian hope uh, anybody have yeah grandparents or whatever um uh i think exactly what you said is so true um our hope is very much rooted in reality and again, um, even going back to what Serge was talking about, about this, the, the, the way things are shaping up um, may not be what we expected this year, but um, I don't think so, hope is something out there. And we talk about faith a lot here too. The, the concept of faith in the Bible was never this thing that was like out there or weird. It was actually this, this really grounded root. These are grounded rooted words is I guess what I'm trying to say. Faith is a very grounded word in, in loyalty or allegiance. And um, that's so helpful, so helpful. So thanks for sharing. And uh, I hope, yeah, I hope that's an encouragement to our crew that there, there is hope. And again, it's not out there. Uh, it's grounded in the person and work of Jesus. And um, uh, I was going to say too, with Kev, what, what, Kev, what Kev was sharing about, if it, not this, as a promotion thing for our church, but if you go to mypraxis.church slash spiritual practice, I think, there is a ton of resources. All the spiritual disciplines that we've practiced over the last two years, there's like recommended reading, um, teachings, uh, I think like even for the fixed hour prayer stuff that we have there, there's good books there um, and there's an app there. I think some of us, and this has been the longing and the journey for many of us in this community, is we've begin to, begun to see that prayer really has to become a thing that's rooted around schedule and fixed hour. Many of us, I think maybe have grown up in very free-flowing environments. And then at the end of the day, at least this is my story, I was like, man, I don't really pray intentionally at all. Like this has been a huge thing the last five years of my life where the fixed hour stuff and even what Kev was talking about, just about a rhythm. Um, it doesn't have to be rigid, but there's some resources there. If you're like, wow, you're sensing even during the season that you need that there's resources there that we'd love to help with. And just to let you know, Advent is coming. So Advent starts and it's always, Advent's always big for us. We're going to light the candle here, even though we're not together. Um, but we also are planning on doing a daily reflection like we did last year. It may even be an audio like podcast format where we take um, the, th the 30 days or whatever it is into Advent and just each day resource you guys with uh, prescripted um, prayers and verses and stuff that you can just focus in on each day. It's a great way to build that into you, especially as we long for the coming of Jesus. Even though he's come, we still long for this season and what it reminds us of. So thanks, guys. It's so good. So good. You know, one of the things that we're continuing, uh, at least has been on my heart during COVID and this whole season, is just how we continue to raise up the next generation. It's hard. 
Um, it's difficult right now being separated and not in obviously the same room together at times. But, you know, I'm just so thankful for uh, Heidi Collins and Alicia Rundle and all that they're doing for our students. We have, a, I would say, a growing group as kids grow up into grade five, six, seven, eight, and grade nine. Now some of these kids are going to get into high school over the next, uh, some of them are, and then some of them will over the next little while be up into high school. And so we have a budding little youth community. I'm so proud of these guys and what they're doing. And we actually had an event that our students were at this weekend. It was a socially distanced event. It was virtual, so it was broadcast. So I think over 30 different sites uh, around Ontario where the students could remain um, you know, socially distant and they were given masks and t-shirts. And it was just a great time. I know my kids were there and some, many of your kids were there as well. I thought as we just kind of close and talk about as well this longing for the next generation and what the Spirit is saying to our community, I just have high um, Heidi and Alicia, if you're out there, maybe take a second. I don't know if you did like rock, paper, scissors to see who was talking. You're both going to do this or whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know if you just want to take a few minutes and just encourage us just about some of the things that are not are just not just happening, but really as well, like what we're really hoping for as we raise up the next generation. You out there? <laughs> yes, we are. Um, Good beauty. We'll both chat for a second, um, but. I think this might not be as profound as the Kanikis and the Carinos, but I think one of the things that I've learned in our community, in our youth community this year is we have to let go of expectations and assumptions. So often um, when we meet on Sunday mornings in person, our group is quiet. I don't know if um, those of you who maybe don't have kids in youth or aren't involved in youth know how quiet our group can be. Um, and so some mornings it feels like maybe you're not getting anywhere. Maybe you're not having an impact. And as someone who is driven by results and driven by data or numbers, um, that can be a challenge for me. And God's really kind of put on my heart as we've met week to week that I have to let go of what I think these kids should look like, what I think um, this program should look like, and just let them be. And I have to say, when we were together this weekend, it was hard. A couple of the kids who are used to going to Momentum said, I really wish we got to go away for the weekend. And so did I, although I did appreciate sleeping in my own bed instead of on a church floor. Um, but there was more kids that engaged because we didn't go away, because this year has looked different and there haven't been opportunities to do this. And there's maybe not opportunities to be doing other things. So just watching them, it turns out that our shy group really just needs Nerf guns. And uh, we should invest in some of those because it brought out the best in all of us. Um, I was saying last night, I feel better this morning, but I was feeling pretty rough because that's probably the most physical activity I've had since this whole thing started. But um, just to see, especially some of our shyer kids or our kids who don't engage in much, engage as much, um, come out and just have fun with each other. And so often we want to see kids and we, we, wish when we discuss with them each week that they'd read the entire Bible since the last time we met with them, or that they had these big stories of what has changed in their prayer life and how their life has been impacted. And maybe that's just not where they're at. And maybe that's okay. And I think um, God tells us to come as we are, but I think as humans and as people leading other people, we sometimes have these expectations that it should look and feel a certain way. Um, just a couple of highlights, which maybe don't seem like big highlights, but when you deal with our quiet group, 
um, the last time we met, we didn't meet this week because we were going to be getting together this weekend, but the week before, um, we had a young guy in our community who, when we went to pray at the end, said, I can do that and I can pray. And I know maybe in a group of adults, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but in a group of kids where we ask that of them every week, who wants to pray? And it's always Alicia or I that end up doing it, um, which is okay. I think we need to model that, but to have a kid say, without even any prompting, I can do that this week. Or to have um, one of our students that was with us on the weekend um, that hasn't engaged in anything we've done since this has um, started. The family hasn't really engaged, but to get a text message last night, and it, it sounds funny, but to say, hey, can you send me the link to the merchandise for this weekend? Because my kid is super excited and wants that. Um, that's maybe feels different than my kid gave their life to Christ and they want to be baptized next weekend. But I think we need to be okay that these things are happening in their own way. And um, I'm not good at letting go of control or letting go of control of what I think things should look like. So I think especially in our youth community, that's been a big thing for me this year um, that has really come out of this experience that maybe wouldn't have if COVID wasn't a thing. So our group, as much as they are not super talkative at times, have really, in our Zoom calls, really kind of found a place where they can be themselves and where they can um, be goofy. And maybe we need to be okay that some weeks are more goofy than they are lesson and foundational conversation. And um, so it's been big for me and hopefully for our youth too, that we can just let go of the expectation of what we think these things should be and just let God work um, in amongst the goofy conversations and the Nerf gun fights. So. Amazing. Cool. I'm sure Alicia has something to add to that, maybe. I don't know. Um, I didn't I wasn't gonna talk. Um, but yes, we played like 45 minutes of Nerf guns. So if you can imagine that as an adult, and like they're not like preloaded, so you have to bend over every time you shoot like five Nerf guns, and it was like upstairs and downstairs in the church, so you're running, but they are ruthless and it was so much fun watching them just be like I don't want to say normal, but like just watching them have fun. Like it wasn't like there wasn't a huge pandemic happening. Right. Like it was so, so nice to see them do that. And so nice to see them like talking to each other that wasn't on a screen. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much would echo what Heidi said. Like it's been really fun watching them, um, kind of grow, um, talking and being more open with us. Um, and really goofy. It's really nice from our side of things too. Oh, sorry. We're having a meltdown as well. No, you're fine. On this side. Um, but like uh, allowing us to even be goofy. Cause I feel like as an adult through all of this, sometimes like Kathy was saying, like you get so bogged down, you get so kind of like, not hopeless, I guess, but just like everything's sort of mundane. And Thursday, as much as it, sometimes it's like, oh, Thursday, right, we have this again. Okay, okay, I can do this. It's like an hour call. But then you get some of the boys on there being really silly. And Nathan, who I don't know if I saw Naomi on here yet, but um he generally plays this out with some music and does like this like auto-tune microphone thing. So it's really nice also like kind of being goofy with them and allowing ourselves to have that like one hour of kind of not being adults, but not being adults when we're so used to being like so regimented to have something that's sort of fun. Um, but yeah, your kids are really awesome and we're really enjoying hanging out with them. That's all I was going to add. Cool, cool. You know, one of the things I think too, thanks Alicia and Heidi, um, you know, one of the things we want to do too is 
as uh, as we progress forward and things get back to a level of normalcy, I think we've learned some things along the way as far as what we can do in our rhythm for our kids ministry and our student ministry. And that involves some of the online platforms so that more kids can engage. We know with schedules and different things, I know down the road we'll probably have a rhythm over the month of in-person stuff and obviously Sundays, but then as well, these gals have done such a great job in raising up these kids in a way that Parent, you know, parents don't have to rush their kids to a building or anything. Um, and we'll probably keep some of that uh, that rhythm where kids can engage um, from where they are because obviously this is part of the new world. What we're really wrestling through is how to use technology well in the future. Um, and I think one of the things technology enables us is a connection point that is easier at times, which is which is beautiful. So we're just thank you for the, wor- the work. And, you know, we're thinking about kids and, again, youth stuff and just – Um, Parents, as you know, uh, kids' lessons are online every Sunday as a way for you to engage. And they are really great. They're short. They're punchy. It gives you opportunity to discuss with your kids and wrestle through with your kids some of the questions around the Bible story and whatnot. And so we want to encourage you to do that. I just want to leave you with this. Um, I just want to, and this was so good this morning, I think necessary and really timely for us. Again, I feel I feel built up. I hope you feel that the church has been built up um, through these stories and hearing people within our community, like um, people that are just wrestling through things that you are uh, in, in and amongst this season and time that it can be an encouragement to you. Uh, I've been thinking a little bit this week just about not wasting this opportunity and not wasting COVID. Um, I was listening to something this week and somebody made a good assumption, you know, for a lot of churches in North America, um, the hope is, is that we haven't missed our moment here. And this person was basically saying there was such a rush for many churches in the pandemic and many leaders just to get back to things as normal that we Got to be careful not to miss the opportunity, what God is speaking and saying through this whole thing. Now, you know me theologically, I, I really have a hard time believing that God is just inflicting the world with a, a pandemic. I do think the world is broken. This I don't want to go down a theological rabbit hole here. But I do think God at the same time uses things to get our attention. Things that aren't good. You see this in the scriptures. Uh, When things happen in culture and life, a lot of times God, I think, can use us to get our attention. And my hope is, is that we would settle down a little in this moment in time and that this could be a moment where we don't miss, miss out on maybe what God wants to speak in and through our lives. For some of this, I think for the church is a time of repentance and turning back to God. You know, I've heard so much about two things, you know, the rush to get back, um, you know, making sure we have our rights as the church. And then the other side is a lot of people, let's just be honest. It's like, Hey, what are you doing through this whole time? And there's no guilt here, but a lot of Netflix and a lot of endless evenings into the night, you know, with whatever. And not that that stuff is bad, but I don't want us to miss our moment that maybe God wants to do a deep work in us in this time. And I hope we haven't missed that. I hope I'm speaking to my own life here. Um, that in and through this, it would be a season of repentance. And my hope too for Advent, as we launch into Advent next week, is that maybe for us, this could be the most meaningful Advent we've ever had. Because we don't, I know, I know, the struggle of not being able to plan like we have in the past for Christmas or whatever. But maybe this could be a time, just because it's naturally forced on us to slow down, that the longing and anticipating for the Messiah Jesus would be more meaningful than ever. 
It, w- it would be a time where our hearts are drawn back. It would be a time, again, and maybe instead of like endless uh, Hallmark movies, no, Heather, I know you're out there somewhere, my, my bad, but um, nothing wrong with all that, but it would be also a time where we're actually drawn back to God. And I've just felt like even uh, waking up this morning, let's not, let's not miss this opportunity and something that's not very good, let's be honest, that God could do a good work in us. I think back in the park when we talked about even the Joseph story that uh, what, what was meant for evil, now God takes and uses it for good. And sometimes that's even, it, we, we have to comprehend that, begin to grapple with that in our mind that this could be a season where I think about Advent 2020. It could be a time of deep spiritual formation in our own lives. And so we love you. I love you. I I thought about this morning and just praying over you. And then I came across first Peter and Peter's prayer here. And I just want to read this over us as we close. Let me, let me read it. This is first Peter one verse 13. It says this, therefore, brothers and sisters with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus is revealed at his coming. Just stop there and just say, I know I'm supposed to pray this over you, but again, Jesus in his return, that is our hope. These these are the things, no matter what is going on in our lives, this is our hope that Jesus will be fully revealed at his return. We get glimpses and snapshots in the scripture of who Jesus is. We form that in our minds. The spirit leads us to who Jesus is, but we will see him. Peter goes on, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope, there it is, are in God. Now that you have been purified, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living, enduring word of God. For, and in this quote, all people are like grass, all and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And I hope you can say with me this morning, amen to that.